I, we always manage to time this where we're recording after we eat. And I'm so tired right now. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit like that too. But but we got to power through for well, the people. We're powering through. All right. Uh, ask me five questions. All right. I'm going to ask you my uh, typical first question. Is it a tree, shrub, forb, graminoid, or other? It is an emergent herbaceous forb of the Elismataceae family, which includes helianthum and elisma. Okay. So I have a good guess. Okay. But uh, right. but for – but you got to ask not one every, more question. Yeah, everyone at home might not know, so I need to do a public service here and <laughs> and make up some more questions to help okay. them at home. Um, and then I want you to explain why, when you guess, why you knew after the first yeah. one. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to guess next. Uh, how tall does this plant get? It can get up to four feet tall. All right. What color flower does it have? Uh, flowers have showy white petals and arranged. In a world racine. And, oh, let's see here. Um, it's three. Oh, man. I'm, I'm struggling to pick questions. Um, how, how many inches of water can it grow in? <laughs> Interesting. You should ask <laughs> that. Uh, it can survive in up to 24 inches of permanent inundation. Okay. And... Oh, man. What's another good question for this? Uh, I'm really stumped on asking the fourth question. You want, you, or fifth one? You want you want the wetland indicator thing? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be obligate. It's an <laughs> obligate, and it is found mainly in water. Yes, it, it's yeah. not typically found out of out of inundation. Yeah. All right. So, so my guess – and this is actually a point of contention at the nursery a little bit because I know what you're going to have on this sheet, and okay. I would actually call this plant something different. All right. And I would call it Elisma subcordatum, and you would say Elisma, was it uh, a plantico aquatico? No, that's what, you know what, I would call it subcordatum personally Mm -hmm. as well. We've just always called it plantico aquatica. Yeah. Is that your guess? That's my guess. Oh, gosh, I got it wrong. (laughs) Sagittaria latifolia. Really? Which is duck potato. Yeah, you you tricked me. (laughs) You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm a very embarrassed Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Today's plant is Sagittaria latifolia, which is uh, known as duck potato. It's also called broadleaf arrowhead, wapato. And uh, for Hunger Games fans, it's also called Katniss. Yeah, so that's... um now, knowing what this plan is, I can realize why I was made the mistake so early on. And I will say this. I almost told you, but when I tell you genuses that are found in that family, mm-hmm. I never mention the genus the, the of the plant that I'm in, doing. So I mentioned I it was part of the – you didn't, but I thought maybe you slipped up that now, time. So. Now, well, as soon as you know it's the Elismataceae family, you would have to assume Elisma exactly, is, yeah. is part of it. But Interesting. So – where is this plant native to? I know it's it's native in the Mid-Atlantic, but where else in the country? It is. It's it's native to most of the continental U.S., with the exception of uh, some of the places like near uh, Nevada and parts of California. It's not really native. Uh, but it's mainly found – you know, we didn't mention it earlier, but it, it's it's freshwater. It's a freshwater mm-hmm. yes. emergent. Yeah. It's not a, a brackish or saltwater emergent. 
Yeah. I should start asking for the common name in this one of my questions. I'd get oh, you there. No, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to allow I that. I found a whole loophole in the system. <laughs> um, but, uh, and we talked, it had a flower. What yes. time of year does that flower bloom? It, you know, it's later in the year. So it, it will start to bloom uh, late, like uh, midsummer, I guess, like July to September, you get that bloom time. And it's, to me, especially in a nursery environment, it, it does start to go dormant uh, earlier than, than most. Like it, it kind of gets like a, a yellowish fall color and kind of dies back. And it, it is – it does have a tuber, which we're going to talk about. It grows mm-hmm. from a tuber, so it kind of dies back to that tuber and then re-sprouts the next year. Yeah, and am I going to find this in like a shady – like stream bank or a like a sunny pond? No, full sun. It, it, it wants to be in full sun. It's not going to you, – you're very rarely ever going to find it in shady conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it tends to like that clay loam or sandy to like mucky soil, mm-hmm. uh, like moist to wet soils. So if it's if it's in dry soils, it's not going to – Yeah. Now, I know a lot of those kind of plants tend to spread – rhizomatously they're like they're they produce a lot of seed and they can spread yeah. by seed but you usually get like slow or i should even say slow but forming clumps over time where it's spreading through like its roots underground and yeah. then popping up in areas that really colonizes pretty correct yeah way. it's eventually going to spread by rhizomes and it, it it produces more tubers um and and it will it will uh spread by self-seeding as well mm-hmm. um i don't think we mentioned it but the the foliage we mentioned one of the names is broadleaf arrowhead so it, it has a long petiole petty um and it's an emergent dark green leaf and that are shaped like arrowheads so that's kind of where you get that broadleaf arrowhead so it has a lot of common names uh but there are other plants that are called like arrowwood arrowhead so it can mm-hmm. get a little confusing arrow 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 is another yeah. one so it's it's one of those ones that is good to know the botanical name yeah and that's uh i had a, a question the other day in one of our our greenhouses when we were talking about a plant and they're like oh yeah that's the one that has it lives in the water and has like an arrow shaped leaf right and i'm like well there's a few of those <laughs> so, yeah well you know but the other thing too is there so we're talking yeah. about sagittaria latifoli and we mentioned it lives up mm-hmm. into up to two feet of water there is a Sagittaria lancifolia, yeah. which lives in three foot or more. It's more of an aquatic. Interesting. It's, it's yeah. like living in the three feet or more. So, but it's similar in look. So, if you're if you're in a spot and you're trying to figure out which is which, its its depth is going to help you identify that. Mm-hmm. So, we mentioned it had a flower. I'm assuming that's got to be good for pollinators and other wildlife, right? Yeah, nectar and pollen of the flowers, they attract honeybees, bumblebees, uh, little carpenter bees, uh, uh, halictid bees, wasps, uh, syrphid flies, uh, tachinid flies, butterflies, skippers, and beetles. So it's it's attracting a very large amount of uh, uh, insects and pollinators with their nectar and pollen. Yeah, and anything else that like likes to eat – it's called duck potato. So yeah, well, is it good for ducks? It is. You know, ducks will feed on the seed and the tubers. They like to freshly plant it, duck potato. They'll mm-hmm. they'll pull it right out of the ground and eat the tubers. Yep. So they're very delicious that way. Um uh there are insects that feed on the leaves, the stalks and the roots, other than just the pollen. Uh and leaf beetles, weevils, waterfly aphid, larvae of the uh obscure pondweed moth. Mm-hmm. Grasshoppers, short-winged meadow katydid, and uh, larvae of several uh, caddisflies. So, uh, uh, you know, there's actually a lot of muskrat, 
will feed on the stalk bases, crowns, and tubers. And we actually see a lot of muskrat damage in restorations. Muskrats tend to like duck potato and, mm-hmm. and fleshy things like um, cattails. They, they have a tendency to, to really forage in and take down um, turtles, like snapping turtles, painted turtles, river cooter, and slider all feed on arrowhead as well. How about birds? Uh, you know, the seeds are attractive to many water birds, so that's important in the in the water eco, uh, ecosystem. So that's good too. So um, I know you we talked about geese liking the tubers, um, but uh, duck potato tubers are edible, mm-hmm. and and we've eaten. Have we eaten them? I don't think I have. Um, I think I, know I have. They are edible. I think I have eaten them. I think your 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 dad had brought some in and and we ate them. But the tubers are edible. They may be boiled or baked and eaten as a potato like food. And that's if you hear someone saying they they have eaten wapato. That's another of the common mm-hmm. names. That's what that is. Um, so uh, Native Americans harvest it and consume these tubers as well, uh, which in some areas, like we just said, are, are known as wapato. Um, and I mentioned Katniss as one of the common names and it, for, for people that are fans of the Hunger Games, uh, the main character's name was Katniss and, and the name may be interpreted as a reference to her skill in archery because she's mm-hmm. very good in archery yep. and this has an arrow shaped leaf. So yep. very, actually, I thought that was a very good play on names for symbolism. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and of course I didn't know any of this until afterwards. Yeah. It would have been nice had I known known this beforehand but i didn't Um, yeah they tend to get like plant references so wrong in movies and tv but that was one maybe they thought a little more outside the box yeah i guess it wasn't really the movie it was the the book the book but you know and and we always kind of delve into the botanical a little bit the genus name comes from uh sad which is latin for arrow referring to the shape of the leaves so that that would make perfect sense so if you were planting this in your yard it would be a good sub for um trying to think you're not really planting unless you have a pond yeah so i'm trying to think of i don't know that i have would be invasive in the water yeah Hmm. and i don't know what that would be i know when we've talked about hydrilla before but i don't think that's necessarily the right thing that's more like a weed in the no it's a it's a very specific Condition. So, unless you have water areas that are being ta- being taken over by um, um, common reed grass, uh, um, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know why you're drawing a blank, friend. If I knew, then then he might not be drawing a blank. What's common reed? <laughs> what's the botanical? Phragmites. Phragmites. I can't oh, wait okay. to say phalaris. Yeah. I thought you were saying something different. No, Phragmites australis. So, uh, but it may be if you have that and you're removing it. This is something that's going to stay low. It's going to provide habitat in a water area for you and provide to the food web, uh, provide cover for ducks and fish. It, it's it's very good in a full sun area, providing shade for, for beneficial habitat. So, um, It's you, time for the lightning round. Lightning round. I, I thought I'd make it at the five because it was – because you got four wrong out of five last time. I thought I'd make it shorter. So I have the potential of getting all three wrong instead of four out of five. You do, but you could get – but you only – if you got one yeah. – two wrong and one right, it's not as painful as uh, it was. It's going to be painful regardless, so. All right. Uh, one of one of these three are going to be false. All right. A poultice of the leaves has been used to stop milk production as a diuretic and to treat – 
wounds. Only one of them Only is false? Only one of them is false. Diuretic, treat wounds. What was the third stop one? Stop milk production. I'm going to say stop milk production. Diuretic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and I thought because this is something that's edible, the next two I thought would be nutritional okay. facts. Yeah. Um, which I was actually kind of surprised to find. I didn't think this I was is finding becoming the longest lightning round ever with all this ex- explaining Explanate. what's going on. All right. It's- a medium-sized tuber contains A, 6 calories, B, 12 calories, or C, 27 calories. I'm going to go with uh, B, which I think was 12 calories. 12 calories. Yeah, this It's healthy, but it's, it's yeah. not... It's also nutrient dense. Yes. And a medium sized tuber contains zero grams of fat, 10 grams of fat, or 30 grams of fat. I'm going to go with zero grams of fat. There you go. Yeah. See, you went two for one. You won that lightning yeah, round. Yeah, for having never eaten this plant. I <laughs> know a lot about its nutritional benefits. But that's that's a great plant to learn I know this is a is a difficult one, but would you put this in your yard? Uh, I don't have a pond, so no. I, I, I don't wouldn't. have a sunny water water way to put this in, unfortunately. So no, I, I wouldn't put Maybe it in Maybe I'll build yard. like an aquarium to keep it in. You know, I know one of our employees has a pond that mm-hmm. they, they put some of this in, and, and they're very happy with it. So, um, you know, if you have the right area, it's a great native plant because it provides a lot of benefits. So um, – if you have that area, that would be a great choice. But more than likely, I, I would say the average person probably does not. Mm, yeah. So uh, way to wrap up Tuesday. Tom's one for one this week. Let's see how he uh, ends up this week. We're going to continue this trend all week. All right. Sounds good. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran and Tom, and we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native. <laughs>